So this morning, well actually this week, actually last few months, I have been interested, I have been fascinated with what you dream for our church. What you see for our church. When you think about this church family in five years, what do you see? The last few weeks, this sermon series, The Journey, has been leading up to this morning, to this, the beginning of this conversation about what we dream for this church. Two weeks ago, we began and we were talking some about uh, our greatest moments, our greatest church moments. And people were talking about uh, building this church or building this building. People were talking about planting this church in this community. People were talking about Alpha, about this course to invite people in to have them learn some more about Jesus. People were talking about music and amazing moments when they were worshiping God. I felt it this morning, actually, while we were singing, uh, Blessed, uh, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. Just to hear you guys sing that out I, is amazing for me. And I'm hopeful that maybe as we've shared some of these great moments, the great church moments, that some of you are starting to think, yeah, those were great. How can we keep doing these sort of things? How can we keep putting ourselves in the place of these things happening again and again? Last week we started, we were talking some about what are things that you love about our church right now? And we talked to Dave alluded to a little bit on Thursday, and if you guys saw the, the picture, those are just some of the things that came out. We talked about how we love that this church is Bible-based. It's based on the Word of God and Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord and Savior. We talked about how we love how we as, work together as a family to, to bless people, not only in this community, but in communities around the world. We talked about how this place is like a family. How we welcome each other and we connect with each other. We meet in small groups to learn about Jesus together, to share life together. We talk about these things that we love. And I'm hopeful that as you hear some of these things, you start thinking to yourself, yeah, those are good. I want to do more of that. I want to be more involved in those things. But it's all been leading up to this conversation about what we dream for our church. And the image that I've been having is this idea of God holding a handful of mustard seeds, saying, I want to bless you. I want to turn these mustard seeds into the church that you dream of. What does that look like? What does that church look like? I'm thinking about this because some of you love this question. Some of you are dreamers by nature. You say, oh, I've been excited. I can't wait. Let me tell you what I dream for our church. And you're excited about this. But at the same time, maybe you feel a little bit overwhelmed as you start thinking about well, it looks like this, and here are the people who are involved, and the things we're learning about Jesus, and, and it can feel maybe a little bit overwhelming. You think, how are we ever going to do that? Maybe some of you are thinking, you know, I'm kind of skeptical of this question, Jason. I'm not sure if I even like the question. I mean, realistically, what are we going to change? Well, let me encourage you with the Word of God. <laughs> I've been reading this passage from Mark's Gospel, and Jesus talking about a parable. Uh, for months now. And if you would, open your Bibles to, to Mark chapter 4, verse 30. Or it's in, also in your bulletin in this white sheet. So Jesus is, says he's again teaching by the lake, by the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus is teaching people about the kingdom of God. And it said, again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? 
It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. I love this parable. This parable encourages me in so many different ways. Because it reminds me that God takes the tiniest things and does amazing things with it. That the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. This tiny little mustard seed that God then grows into his amazing kingdom. Now, before we jump into just how we hear this this passage, this parable that Jesus spoke in our own lives, it's, I think it's good for us to imagine or to think about how the people around Jesus heard it. See, when Jesus was talking with people, if there were religious leaders, maybe Pharisees or Sadducees or teachers of the law who were gathered there, and Jesus said, if he said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. I could just imagine these guys rolling their eyes. Come on, Jesus, really? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed? No way. Jesus, we know that the kingdom of God will come with the Messiah. And when the Messiah comes... He's going to be a great military conqueror. He's going to throw the Romans out of here. In fact, he's going to make the Romans our subjects. He's going to be the king that all the world comes and worships, or comes and and bows down to. The Messiah is going to bring God's kingdom, and it's going to overthrow every kingdom on earth. And not only that, not only is the Messiah going to be a great military leader, he's going to be a great king. A great king from the house of David, who's actually even better than David. A better king, if that's even imaginable, than David. All the nations of the world will come and they'll stream, they'll bring all their treasures to him. But not only is this Messiah going to be a great uh, conqueror and and king, but he's also going to be an amazing priest who's going to bring revival to the people of Israel. People will be way more faithful about following the law. Some of them may have even remembered that when the Messiah comes, he's actually going to bring a new covenant. Actually, better yet, Jesus, when the Messiah comes, the law won't even be written on stones, it'll be written on their hearts. And the Spirit of God will, will be poured out on all people. Regardless of whether they are Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, they will be a part of God's great kingdom. This is what the kingdom of God looks like, Jesus, not a mustard seed. Now, if Jesus knew this is how people would hear it, why is he talking about a mustard seed? Why is he saying that the kingdom doesn't come like a million-person army, but actually it's like a mustard seed? This tiny little seed. A black mustard seed is about the size of a grain, of, uh, about the size of a coffee ground. This tiny little seed. It grows once it's put into the ground. It grows into the largest of garden plants. Why doesn't Jesus say the kingdom of God is like a mighty cedar? A a cedar tree, a seed of a cedar tree that's small but grows into a mighty cedar tree. Why Why doesn't Jesus say that? I mean, cedar trees can be enormous. But he says a mustard seed. Even the biggest mustard bushes, do you know how tall they grow? About 10 feet, maybe. (laughs) 
Jesus' point, Jesus point here is not how big the tree grows necessarily. He's trying to make a point about how small the start is. A mustard seed was like, a, like the proverbial saying for small. You know, if you were saying, oh, my, my friend, uh, I mean, can you imagine around here someone talking about, oh, I caught a fish, it was huge, and then someone says, it wasn't that big, it was actually about the size of a mustard seed. That's how they used the word, that's how they used mustard seed in that day. It was tiny. Jesus tried to convey to us, to the people around him, that the kingdom of God starts small. So small, so small that people often, they often write it off. They often overlook it, take it for granted. But the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. I think Jesus is telling them this idea that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed to turn their idea of the kingdom of God upside down. Actually, when you think about it, to turn their idea of the kingdom of God upside right. That the Messiah, when he comes and brings his kingdom, is not going to be like people expected. Paul, uh, one of the early teachers, uh, one of the early pastors in the church, was writing to a church in Corinth, in Greece. And he had to explain to them, because they had gotten it wrong, he had to explain to them that the, the foolishness of God is actually wiser than the wisdom of humanity. The weakness of God is stronger than any human strength. That this cross, it's a stumbling block to Jewish people and it's foolishness to the Greeks. Saviors don't die on crosses. He had to explain this to them. Because God was doing something amazing and unexpected. God's kingdom didn't come how they expected to come. Their Messiah came as a child in a manger, not a great general on a white horse. There's a scandal in the size of the seed. There's a scandal in the size of the kingdom as it begins. But there's also another scandal too. There's a scandal in what the tree becomes or what the bush becomes. Jesus says that a, a mustard seed, when it's planted in the ground... It grows to become the largest of garden bushes where the birds of the air can come and build their nest in it. Now, we think that's, I mean, that sounds nice, and, but you know, it's actually echoes of the Old Testament when Jesus says the birds of the air will build their nest in it. There's actually one place where Ezekiel is talking about a cedar of Assyria, this nation that was around a few hundred years um, before Jesus. He talked about them in terms of, like, using a metaphor of a cedar tree. He says that, Ezekiel says that they were like a great cedar tree, and the birds of the air built their nests in its boughs. All the animals of the wild gave birth to their young under its branches, and the nations of the world lived in its shade. There's this connection between birds of the air and the nations, all the nations. When I hear Jesus, and I was reading through, through other uh, New Testament scholars this week, almost across the board, they hear Jesus making this illusion that not only is the kingdom of God small and grows big, but it also throws the doors open to the kingdom of God that everyone comes in. Everyone is welcome. No longer is it just for people of, of Israel, but it's for all the nations. That's why Paul, when he, talks about, when he talks to the church in Ephesus, he says, there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. 
All are one in Christ Jesus. The doors of the kingdom, the gates of the kingdom have been flung open to bring as many people in as they be willing. From every nation, from every tongue, from every tribe. Now this is scandalous. This is scandalous when to, to the people who are listening to Jesus. Because they have the idea that we're Israel. We're the one people. Everyone needs to come and to be like us. And Jesus is saying, no. They believe into me. That's how they enter the kingdom of God. Not by being Jewish, but by being faithful to me. It's amazing what God has done. And Ezekiel talked about too, that God would pour out his spirit on all people. So we hear this story of Jesus saying, or this parable of Jesus saying, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Tiny. And yet it grows when it's planted into the earth. It grows and becomes the largest of garden bushes. So much so that the birds of the air can build their nest in it. Now some of you might be thinking, okay, Jason, how does this fit with our question of, of dreaming, but also, too, how does this even fit in my life? Well, the first thing I just wanted to say, just uh, briefly, that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, and we see it in our lives. When we look back through our life, and we look at those moments where God has been at work, maybe those conversations you had, I don't know if you remember that one time, maybe before you were even following Jesus, and you had that one conversation with someone, it just sticks with you to this day. They said that, that one thing about faith, about following Jesus, about God, and it's just, you can't seem to shake it. Even all these years later, it still sticks with you. Does anybody know? Or does anybody have that situation? Does anybody have that time? Maybe, where something, maybe it wasn't something somebody said. Maybe it was something that, that happened. Maybe you just found yourself in a situation and God came through for you. And you'll never forget it. These moments are like mustard seeds that grow into faith and into faithfulness. And they remind me that every conversation we have with people, people in the church, people in our community, they are mustard seeds that are being planted. Sometimes they they fall on rocky ground and nothing happens, but sometimes they fall in the right soil and these tiny little seeds blossom into faithfulness. I mean, think about just the times. I mean, I, I imagine, I, I, as I've been in ministry now for a while, and I hear people saying, uh, you know, it was actually a pastor that I met years ago. And when my, uh, when my child died or when my husband died, he just showed up and he cared. How many times, like these tiny little things that we do that mean so much to other people, These things are like mustard seeds and they grow into the kingdom. I say this to encourage us that we keep planting these mustard seeds and recognizing them for what they are. That even though they seem small and maybe insignificant and maybe we totally take them for granted, when we keep blessing people, it's like we keep sowing mustard seeds that will grow into the kingdom of God. So I hear this not only only, um, in terms of us as a church, but also us personally. But this morning, I want to focus on us as a church. To focus on the mustard seeds that God has planted here. I think about God's faithfulness in this church. 
I mean, the mustard seed. Imagine the mustard seed, that conversation when someone said years ago, almost maybe 17 years ago now, when someone said, you know, we should plant a church in Balfour. And how that tiny little mustard seed has grown. Or what about years ago when someone said, you know, I've been praying and I think we're ready to build a church building. And what that tiny little mustard seed, that tiny little thought, and what it's grown into as we are gathered here in this church. I, even in the few years that I've been here, I've had an experience like that. where I mentioned it two Sundays ago. One of my greatest moments was the process of coming to worship in the park. And God planted this tiny little mustard seed of a vision of people. People stacked up at the soccer fields in the town site. It was brief, like a flash. This tiny little mustard seed that grew through prayer and through faithfulness, through the church getting involved, and, and hundreds of people being involved in it now over the last few years. That's just an example of God's mustard seed of his faithfulness. How he takes the tiniest little thing, like a vision, and turns it into worship in the park. Where we, not only do we get to have a great time outside and eat meals together, but also people who don't even come to this church come and and participate and join in and hear the amazing news of Jesus. It's amazing what God does with these tiny mustard seeds. But I also want to tell you this, that I believe that God has poured his spirit on this church. I mean, from the beginning, God's Spirit has been at work here. But I also believe that God is still at work. He's still got mustard seeds up his sleeve that he wants to plant and to grow in this community. I believe that God has poured his Spirit out onto this church and he's giving our young men and women visions. Visions of what this church will look like. I believe he's giving our older men and women dreams, that they will dream dreams. I hear the words of the prophet Joel. We talked about it two weeks ago when Peter was preaching to the, to the whole crowd at Pentecost. Prophet Joel said, In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on people. Your young men and women, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. I hear God saying that again in this church, in this church family. Because I believe that God wants to do amazing things still with us and through us. I believe that God wants to bring sight to the blind in our community. I believe that God wants to help the lame to walk, lepers to be cleansed, the deaf to hear, the dead to be raised, and the good news to be preached to the poor. I believe God still wants to do these things in our community. I believe that God wants to help the self-absorbed to have a bigger purpose in life. I believe that God wants to help the addicted to be set free, the abused to be healed, and those who are alone to be drawn into God's church family. I believe that God wants to do this. I believe that God wants to pour the Spirit on us, to pour His Spirit on us, to work in us and through us in this community, to see God's kingdom grow and flourish, to see people's lives transformed, to see them go from a place of misery to a place of joy. I want to tell you some, just if I can, about what I dream for this church. When I, if God, when God, imagine God handing me a handful of mustard seeds and saying, I'll bless these. 
and turn them into the church that you dream. I believe that God, when I, think, when I dream about this place, I dream about this room filled on Sunday mornings. Us packed shoulder to shoulder with our friends and our neighbors, the people we've been praying for for years, the people we've been talking with and encouraging in faith, people we haven't even met yet who are gathered here on Sunday morning praising God together, belting out songs like, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And when I look, I see people who are from, who are from the, the store, from the superette, people from the ferry landing, people uh, from, from the fire hall, from our community, people we know from work, friends who live across the street from us. When I see here, when I look at this group, I see people from every generation. People who are well past retirement age. Who are gathered here faithfully worshiping. I see people who have just now retired, who have maybe just moved here from the prairies. I see people who are here with their, with their adult children. Their kids who come to visit them here. I see young families. I see little children like we had here. And infants. I see our whole community represented here. Cultures mixing. People who come in suit and ties and people who come with dreads and nose rings. All sitting together, worshiping God together. I see this amazing church family where the things that that maybe make us slightly different in terms of culture are all overlooked as we gather together to praise God. And it's alive and full and it's vibrant as we praise God each week. But it's not just Sunday morning that I dream of. I also dream of people, of, of us, gathering together in small groups, meeting with each other throughout the week, to talk with each other, to teach each other about Jesus and who He is, to pray with each other and for each other, to share meals together and tools and life together, caring for one another like a church family. I actually dream of the day when, like right now, most of our church are, there's a portion of our church that meet in small groups. I can't wait for the day when there's a portion of our small group that meets in this church. That our, that our small groups are big and they include people who haven't even stepped foot in the church yet. These are things that I dream of for us. Not only that, not only that, but I also dream of more churches in the community, or in the, in the Kootenays. I dream of more churches in Caslow and New Denver and the Cusp and Castlegar and Trail. Churches in Salmo and Weimar. I see, and maybe they're churches of five people who just get together once a week or maybe there's churches of 50 or 100 or more. But I see more people included in God's kingdom. More people included in the family of God. This is what I dream of. Well, that's enough from me. Part of the conversation this morning is to hear what you dream for this church. To hear what God is saying to you. If God were to hand you a handful of mustard seeds and said, I'm going to bless these and turn these into the church that you're dreaming of, what do they become? Let me hear from you. What, what do you dream of? for this church? What do you envision in five years when these mustard seeds, what do they grow in? What do they grow into when you think about this church in five years? Bernie? Oh, is that just... Yeah, right. I dream of a Jesus Baptist. Mm. 
That's awesome. Who's there? Like, what sort of people come? What does it look like? That'd be awesome. A hundred children. And what what are they doing here? Mm-hmm. What else? What else do we dream of? Oh, gee. I dream of people finding their gifts and helping them. Mm-hmm. I just want to record some answers here. Oh, okay. There. Gifting and helping each other. What else? spiritual leaders in this church, kind of people who can help and, and have gifts well beyond what I can do. I would, I would dream of that too. Yeah. What else? A youth worship group that not only leads worship um, here in the church, but also goes out and leads worship services in different churches mm-hmm. and maybe different countries. <laughs> no pressure though, right, Susan? Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Something just came to me at Promise Keepers. I don't know if it's been done. It's been men getting together. Mm-hmm. The spiritual responsibility of their families. Mm-hmm. I was in one group in Kamloops, and it was okay. awesome. It was awesome. It was like a, a Bible study and seven promises or whatever it was. It was it was awesome. Cool. Thanks, Greg. George, what were you going to say? I was just going to add on to the whole like uh, youth group idea. Maybe eventually one day having like a church vehicle, like a van, mm-hmm. transport the group around to do things in town. 
hands around. <laughs> we'll work on the name. <laughs> yeah, Anne. so grateful you said that because that was actually one of the things I meant to mention uh, when I was speaking earlier but it's, as we've been talking like, I dream of this of this place like being a place for artists also um, musicians and, and painters and sculptors and pe- people who can express the gifts that God has given them with art yeah thanks Maria Judy what were you going to say Yeah, I, I, I uh, dream of a day when we become a church of small groups versus a church with small groups. And, and kind of what Rick was talking about, too, like where people are connected. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what were you going to say? Say, listening to some of the responses, and I think this could be common to send a community school where all kinds of things happen. 
Right. I was having this conversation with Deb Story about what she dreams for the church as well. And she said, I dream of this place being used all the time by our community. And in many ways it already is. We have AA meetings here. We have computer classes here and, and mammography clinics and flu clinics. And, but this, this is one of the greatest facilities in the area. I mean, people love to use it for, for classes, for workshops, because it's such a great space. I mean, I think the next thing is kind of the hall. So, um, yeah. Jordan, what were you going to say? And, like, the, the news is spreading, too, because, like, my father doesn't come to this church or really talk to anybody that does. Yeah. But he mentioned to me yesterday that he's went to visit him out of the AA meetings because he's an alcoholic. Yeah. He just got out of prison not too long ago. Yeah. And he mentioned to me, because I said that we were going to church today. Yeah. like just a place where people come and, and play together. Yeah. To not just so people will be like us, but for what it would mean for people. Like what the gospel means for us. Like I can talk to you about how, like what my life was like before I was really following Jesus. And, and I'm so grateful for what he's done in my life. Yeah, I'm with you, Doug. Yeah. Carmen. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I would hope to see the space on the, the, the stage where 
And some of the people of our church who are involved in the healing room, like, when are we going to start out here? Yeah, yeah. Jean. talked about that. He said, you know, uh, uh, a bit of leaven works through the whole loaf, you know, talking in terms of like sinfulness or things. And I think that's why for us, it will be, everything will be reliance on the Holy Spirit, asking God to guide us. I mean, it's, I believe that God has given us good desires. So I'm, I'm grateful for this conversation, but also that we're praying and hearing, God, what do you desire as well? What do you dream for this church? Yeah. Thanks, Gene. That's a good word. Farm church, got it. Maybe if there's one last one, then maybe we'd like to. Yeah, Rick. <laughs> Rick, Rick, I saw your hand go up. Oh, Jordan, okay. Yeah, well, there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use our skills. Rick, you were going to say. Yeah, one thing on my list was pounds um, and pounds are great, healthy food for the community and for those that really need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a, for me, this is an exciting conversation. I love to hear the dreams that God has given you. This is, this is us dreaming together as a church. These collective visions and dreams that we see God doing here among us. I want to invite you guys to come on Thursday night as we talk about this some more. You'll get the chance to talk one-on-one with someone. Ask them, what do you dream? What does it look like? Who's here? What does it feel like? And these, these, to hear someone else, what they dream for this church is exciting to hear. And the last couple of weeks have been great. Um, but then we also have to gather together and we start seeing that, you know, um, like, for example, <clears throat> uh, people dream about us, like, like small groups, for example, us getting together more and sharing life together more. And you'll be together here on Thursday night, and you'll hear like four or five other people saying that same thing. We think, oh, 
Maybe we ought to do something in this way. Maybe we ought to focus here and, 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 and draw more people into groups or help them get connected with the group. So come on Thursday night. It's, it's a great conversation. It's, it's like this. It's fun. So I want to invite you to come to that. But I just have to say, the last thing I want to say is, I am grateful for you. I am grateful for who God has made you as a church family. I'm grateful for the dreams that he has given you. And I pray that in these next few months, as we talk more about this, that we keep moving forward and that we start seeing that some of these dreams uh, gather together around one or two themes and we start praying for God to provide and we start walking towards him and developing in some of these areas. So I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for this conversation. Is that right? Can I pray for us as we... As we uh,